And hello and welcome everyone to the Comic Multiverse where the worlds of nerd meet. Matt, we're back again and I think it's really important what we need to do now. You know, the Comic Multiverse, we've been doing it for 300 episodes. It was a good name. It was a great name even for the time. But I think we need to rebrand because everything is rebranding right now. How about if we throw away all the goodwill we built over 300 episodes and instead of being the Comic Multiverse, we simply call ourselves C... Uh, how's how's that strike you see because it means yes and it's also a letter i like it a lot i think it's gonna take us into the next it's gonna take us into the future when we rebrand the show as c and hey all you fans out there we used to call you the comic multiverse universe now you can be our c dogs <laughs> and then i'll also put a giant c on the top of my house and it'll mm. it'll shine a very bright light into my neighbor's uh front windows <laughs> Like, like the shittiest Batman, like the shittiest Commissioner Gordon you can imagine. Oh, light up the sea signal. For no reason. You, you know you work on the internet, right? You, you know that's the job, right? You don't need an actual logo in the sky. No, no, but it's, it's fucking hilarious, though, to see someone be like, yo, you, you know, like, tweet became a verb, right? You know, like, it was so popular it actually changed the English language as we know it. And you're just going to throw that away, huh? Okay. It, I, I mean, I know how, how he, he made his, his money, but I, I am constantly uh, questioning is like, how does it, how is this man a billionaire? How? Rich people fail upward, man. If you yeah, seem man. rich, you seem successful. And if you seem successful, people go along with your bad ideas. Yeah. Step one is to own a, an emerald, emerald mine in uh, South Africa and uh, support yep. apartheid. And <laughs> yep. And then profit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then something about electric cars, but not because you give a shit about the environment, but because, you know, celebrities and the rich and powerful want to own them as status symbols. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. That sure helps. But yes, uh, welcome to the newest episode of C, everyone. <laughs> episode one. Uh, not a ton of comic news came out this week, but we promise we got a great show for you. A uh, lot of big stories happening in the world of comics. I'll admit, Matt, this was probably one of the most busy weeks I've had in a long time. Mm. So much animation stuff came due that I had to cover because it does great on my channel and I want it to actually grow. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, it's like, oh, here's Hellfire Gala and a new Spider-Man and a new Ultimate Invasion and a new Night Terrors. And I had to go away on Wednesday. So good luck, asshole. I know. It, it, so much was happening this week. It was insane. It really is. So be sure to stick around, everyone. We're going to cover all that. Matt actually just read Hellfire Gala. I just did it last night. It was 70 goddamn pages and never has a comic felt more like a marathon. <laughs> uh beyond that matt uh what have you been up to this week uh literally just like working i've been really 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 busy uh the last couple of weeks and it hasn't stopped at all but so which is why i haven't really done many uh mm -hmm. videos or comic book reviews but yeah other than that just work <laughs> nothing well, nothing too fun at least we're on the same, you know, wavelength at that point. Uh, I know we were talking about this on Twitter ever so briefly. I uh, watched the first three episodes of Twisted Metal. How far did you get into Twisted Metal? I finished it. 
did you? I think we were both pretty much on the same page when we said, you know, to say uh, a show is unhinged on the internet is, you know, one of those things that goes over said so much to the point that it loses all meaning. But three episodes in and I can fairly say that, oh boy, is that Twisted Metal show with Anthony Mackie and the body of Samoa Joe and Mike the Spoon Man Mitchell from Doughboys. Boy, is that show unhinged. <laughs> it's 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 a schizophrenic show. It's so schizophrenic. <laughs> It really is. It feels like they got three different script uh, treatments for what the show was going to mm -hmm. be. And they're like, well, we don't really know what tone to go. With, so we're just going to do all the tones at once. Yeah, it it's so weird because like, like I said, when I started watching it, there'll be like a scene which is like genuinely funny. And then mm -hmm. it will be followed up by like the the like worst tropey, like cringe. Did I yes. just do that sort of dialogue scene? And it's just so weird. And then then after that it'll be followed by like an episode about like assisted suicide and <laughs> and, and stuff like that i haven't gotten there yet <laughs> oh it's with the convoy then yeah it's 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 so so weird and it's like kind of, and then it goes like really serious and like dramatic and then back to like random access comedy and yeah like like i do not begrudge the people who wrote that show for having to try and like create a narrative series out of Twisted Metal, because if you know mm -hmm. the series, it's a car combat game. It's basically a fighting game, but with cars. And as you've seen, every time they've tried to adapt like a fighting game into a movie, it's hard because there is no really main character. The main character is the one you pick and take to the mm -hmm. end of the story, which means basically none of the stories are canon. Everything yep. is this weird kind of Schrodinger's cat. Twisted Metal, especially, the whole point is that, you know, they're not supposed to be good people. They're all different types of fucked up mutant bad people yep. who take a devil's deal from Calypso. Who Does Calypso even show up in the series? Uh, yes, but it's like a voice on like a in uh. intercom. It calypso quote-unquote yeah right because the whole deal is that you know calypso challenges you to race and if you do you get your heart's desire but it's always some weird fucked up monkey's paw which is okay that it tortures the people who you know win the race because they're all kind of bad people mm -hmm. anyway mm -hmm. there, there, like i said there's no like main character of twisted metal and before you go oh what about sweet tooth though no sweet tooth is like the poster boy of the series but he's like a serial killer at best, and I think also a killer of children, but also is like the bad guy more yep. times than he's not, because sometimes Sweet Tooth will overtake Calypso. The the game everyone likes, Twisted Metal Black, which is like the fourth one, but it gets weird with numbering. That whole game basically just takes place in Sweet Tooth's head. So like mm -hmm. arguably the best story and best narrative in the game technically never happened. <laughs> So, no, I, I don't begrudge them at all for making it so weird. But I think the perfect way to tell you what kind of show it is is that this is a series where on the soundtrack, very close to each other, you have Oasis's Wonderwall followed up by Cisco's The Thong Song. And I'm like, yeah, this is this is the show, basically. <laughs> that at least makes some sense, because in, in the world of the thing, in the world of the, the show, like, like, the world like ended in 2002 so <laughs> their pop culture only goes to 2002 so far so everything's stuck in that so that I, th I thought that was kind of a neat thing but yeah it's but but with that said it feels like because of that it feels like a show that playstation would have um produced back when they were making powers 
and and putting each each episode out on the playstation store it feels like like that era of like production i uh i hate how accurate a statement that is man yeah yeah. no it it feels like that Uh, it's, it's insane and like they have good actors in there and everything again they got falcon in there they got the body of samoa joe and the voice of uh friggin will, will, will arnett will Arn- yeah will arnett who's not phoning it in and again like i was i was really excited because again i'm a big fan of wrestling and i'm happy to see samoa joe get to act it's all physical acting but his physical acting is good and the sweet tooth looks good and the mm. truck looks good and when we actually do get the car combat, which isn't all the time because it's kind of hard to storytell while driving in a car and doing chase scenes, the actual car combat, actually not bad. Yeah, there's not a lot of it, though. <laughs> no, you can tell they had a problem in writing where it's like, so it's a car combat show, right? Yeah, so it's like Death Race, yeah. So it's like Fast and the Furious, yeah. Okay, but how do we world build and do characters and tell stories? We can't have them be in the car all the time. Oh, yeah. shit. Also, that's very expensive. <laughs> Yeah, it's very expensive to do endless car stunts. Hey, what if what if we kind of do like a Mad Max pastiche, you know? But even then, ironically, they did do all that characterization, at least in the last one, Fury Road, when they were behind the wheel of a car. So you can't actually do it. You just have to be George Miller <laughs> to make it work. But yeah, it's, it's fucking weird. It is insane. And like, maybe this is as good as we could expect from a Twisted Metal show. Yeah, I I don't see it getting another season. It's teased that there's no. going to be another season because, spoilers, I don't know who gives a shit, but by the end of it, you do find out that, like, this was all just, like, a, a, a prequel to actual... Because it, the, oh. the final moment set up, like, the, the tournament, the, the, the twisted metal tournament. <laughs> Man, I was afraid they were going to do that. Yeah. They they freaking did that in that last Mortal Kombat movie, too. It's like, and this was all preamble. Be yeah. sure to come back next time when we actually have the Mortal Kombat tournament. I'm like, oh, I hate that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, that's kind of bullshit. But also, too, you, you can't actually have the tournament because if you have the tournament, they're races to the death, which means you'll kill all the characters, which means you'll have no characters. Yeah, yeah. So you see the problem with adapting this franchise and also keeping it true to form. Hell, again, to bring it back to that Mortal Kombat movie, they at least kind of found a way to do it by filling the bad guy team with a bunch of losers that no one would care if they died, like fucking Reiko and shit. Yep. But you can't do that with Twisted Metal because there's maybe only five Twisted Metal characters that people know, <laughs> and you ain't going to fucking kill Sweet Tooth, so no. what are you going to do? No, not at all. You really got your fucking back up against it in that one. <laughs> but yeah, so that's uh, that's Twisted Metal. Hey, uh, speaking of weird, dark franchises with a lot more lore and connective tissue, uh, they just dropped the trailer for Saw 10. Did you see that, Matt? I haven't seen it, no. It's actually kind of cool. I didn't know what they were doing with it, where I'm like, okay, how the hell are you going to keep this franchise going when Jigsaw John Kramer died in the third one? Are we going to do another Apprentice? Are we going to do another secret like time distillation story? No, this is apparently a sequel set between Saw 1 and Saw 2. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Where apparently as a cancer patient, John Kramer goes to Mexico, gets taken in by a medical scam, and then goes out of his way to kill all the people who scammed him. Oh, God. And and, and then there'll be a reveal in it as well where, like, someone in the medical scam, this was all, like, part of the plan or... Or something. Because that's what these movies do. (laughs) They always do where it's like, look, we wanted you to look over here so you didn't see this twist over here. Yeah, but then you also did see that twist because it's extremely obvious. (laughs) 
Which, you know, in the later sequels, it got more obvious. I will say the original trilogy actually did a better job with their twist. And the fact that they got Tobin Bell back for this one, I hope, means that, you know, there's actually a worthwhile script to this one. No, I don't think he was, you know, doing anything, so... No, I guess not. But I will admit, the series is just better with him in it. Even the Mm. bad ones are better by his presence because he elevates the material. That is true. That is true. Also, the traps we've seen look better, too. I think the traps are better and scarier when they look like something that someone cooked up in their garage and mm. not the weird science fiction laser traps. We yeah, were that, was, oh, that one was series. weird. That one, that, was that the, the head one with the... That the was head, the 3D like, one. Was that the, with, with, like, the lasers around the head that, like, came, yes. came, came in? Yeah. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, when the, when the fuck did Costas Mandalore get goddamn lasers? Did he just have that sitting around the police station? <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm sure you saw it too, Matt. In an attempt to try and recreate uh, Barbieheimer, people are already trying to force the brand new double feature that will take the world by storm, Saw Patrol, where people have to see Saw 10 and Paw Patrol back yeah, to back. Have you yeah, seen that? I do, and like no one gives a shit. <laughs> No, no, no. Barbieheimer was a once-in-a-lifetime thing. Hell, I was walking by my local movie theater today, and I still saw people coming out wearing pink. So, like, it already kind of worked, and I'm like, no, they're never going to make this work a second time, and I can already tell Hollywood's going to fuck it up and ruin it by trying to catch lightning in a bottle and trying to get people to do one of these. Because let's – look, it's something no one's talking about. In this whole Barbie Heimer thing that an internet meme, the power of the internet and the gram and making videos and doing TikToks and everything got people to see a double feature during one of the leanest summers in history when Flash couldn't make shit happen, when Indiana Jones couldn't make shit happen. Mm-hmm. But Barbie was able to make over three hundred million dollars. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 that's that's the only thing the execs have seen now. So it's like, oh, yes. we'll just pair two movies together and people will like it that's what they like yeah two weird diametrically opposed movies and like let's face it oppenheimer was probably always going to make its money because it was a nolan movie and he has like a real baked in audience likewise barbie was always probably going to do good because it's a big recognizable brand that's never really gotten a live action movie treatment before Mm -hmm. and greta gerwig has a lot of good buzz amongst the film intelligentsia but the fact that you know the perfect storm happened and lightning in a bottle and you got this weird cultural moment thing yeah i don't think that's ever going to happen again no no but that being said what would we wear to saw patrol because we can't just wear pink what would we wear to saw patrol i guess i guess we have to wear robes i guess we have to wear the black and red jigsaw robes i guess yeah the boxing robe yeah yeah, that boxer. Man, that's such a cool costume. That and the pig mask and everything. There are a few things that become instantly like recognizable in mm. horror, but that does that even more so than the doll. And it's funny because the doll actually means very little. Billy the doll yeah. means very little in Saw, but they understood none of the merchandising. We yeah. need to create a little thing we can sell. It, it's uh, James Wan again. He's good at cre- he did, did that. He did Annabelle. He creates mm-hmm. those those little dolls, those those creepy things that people want. Shit, I, I think it's been so long that people forget that that that's where James Wan started his career yeah. making fucking Saw. James Wan, Lee Wanell, all those guys. Man, what happened to Wanell? I really liked Wanell for a little bit. Felt like he's fallen off the face of the earth. Uh, he did what Invisible Man. I think he's he's produced he produced that new uh, Insidious film. Right, that checks out. Yeah, I I, I want another repo. I want his weirdo 
horror rock and roll opera musical he made that he, that he literally made it under the studio's nose with all of his actor friends and was like stealing scenes and like reusing uh what is it friggin backgrounds and props from saw three when he wasn't supposed to <laughs> seriously saw three uh opens up with was with like a death trap and like a mausoleum and it's mm-hmm. like that's weird we never see that mausoleum again why was it here because lee winnell was reusing it for <laughs> repo the set. genetic opera yeah, yeah. that that's that set that same set is all over repo and i'm like oh oh you silly boy you <laughs> and if you listen if you listen to the commentary for uh, saw three all he does is talk about repo man you know repo is pretty cool you guys should totally see repo i totally stole this scene for repo <laughs> and i saw repo and i loved repo so he was right to do it <laughs> Actually, I, I I literally don't think he can make another repo. I think uh, Lionsgate owns exclusive rights to that and refuses to sell it to him. It yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> that that's why he made the Devil's Carnival, which he like crowdfunded for that, and it's not as good as Repo. <laughs> and it's also why we got that like weird like kind of remake reimagining with Jude Law of oh, Repo. Yeah. Oh, Repo Men. Yes, that that, yeah. that happened around the same time. And there was a lot of weird like back and forth of like who ripped off who. Yeah. And and Le- Winnell's like, no, no, no. You see, I'm basing this on a stage play that happened before. And Repo Men's like, no, no, no. We did it on a book. I, I think it's just one of those like Dante's peak volcano scenarios yeah. where it's like, oh, here's movies, two movies that came out at the same time with very similar plots. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, no, they were really similar, like really but, similar. Uh, very similar had a couple of the same actors because they were both filmed in Canada. Uh, yeah. Marty Adams, who plays a, a fat rapist in like Saw three or four, he's he, he's also a comedian in Second City in Toronto, so that's how he got the role. <laughs> he plays a dude who Jude Law harasses on the street in Repo Men, and he plays one of the party goers in Repo the Genetic Opera. So that actor is actually in all three. So wrap your head around that one. Maybe maybe he got like like confused and was like, okay, I'm in the Repo movie, and they the, <laughs> they were like all shooting at the same time, so like he just like kind of wandered from set to, to set it's like set. wow this movie's fucking weird what's going on and it, it just thought it was the same film oh they're saying that lee winnell is actually doing a new green hornet movie fuck off for real oh nice that's good yeah i mean in an age of superheroes where everyone has basically exhausted all the major franchises yeah let's go back and do weird pulpy things yeah they made a green hornet movie with seth rogan and it was awful they did and even seth rogan admits what the hell was i doing yeah <laughs> Even he admits, why did I do that? Why did I get in shape to make that movie? (laughs) (laughs) The hell is wrong with me? And now that man went on to do The Boys. Mm -hmm. Like, The Boys would not exist if not for Seth Rogen and Evan Goldman. Yep. We live in fucking weird times, don't we? Very weird. And now he's doing that new Turtles movie, too. Oh, my God. (laughs) Do you think that Turtles movie is going to take off? Like we said, this is a really weirdly lean summer where everything that was supposed to be a big hit wasn't. And the last couple Turtles weren't big hits, but this one kind of seems to be riding the Spider-Verse hype because it's like, oh, here's a thing you know for the whole family in like a fun art style. <laughs> I I don't know because I, I'm really confused. That, that, like it's, a, it's like an animated sort of claymation weird art yes. sort of thing. But it seemingly is for adults. No, I think it's for all audiences. Oh, really? Because I saw like the names of like the official like soundtrack and those names that they have aren't like they're not for kids. (laughs) 
No, well, I think the idea is is that it's it's kind of like a prequel where they're in like a neo eighties, and the idea yeah. being that if these were if the if the turtles were really teens in Brooklyn in this era, what would they be listening to? They'd be listening to fun gangster rap like this. <laughs> is what they'd be listening to. And I'm like, again, much like Spider-Verse, hey, it's not just about picking your art style, it's about picking your music style, too, and building a universe around that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Also, hey, good on them for making a Turtles movie and not having uh, the Foot Clan and Shredder be the villains right away. Good good restraint. I know, right? Yeah, that, that's actually quite cool. I didn't actually think about that. Yeah, they're actually yeah. fighting other evil mutants, and I think the leader is Ice Cube playing, uh, not Baxter Stockman, but another fly-themed mutant. Oh, nice. Ice Cube's fucking weird, though. Have you heard what he's been up to? Oh, no. What now? Oh, apparently he's right into all that QAnon and shit and oh, everything. no. <laughs> I know, right? Doesn't that break your heart to hear that? At least Ice-T is good. Ice Cube, yeah. uh, not so much. Oh, that's, that's, that's sad to hear. <laughs> I, I remember him chirping off before there being like, yeah, and we would make another, uh, what is it, are we there yet if not for COVID mandates? Oh. And I'm like, I don't think I, I don't think anyone was asking for another are we there yet, Ice Cube, but sure, why not? <laughs> yeah, that's the reason no one wants to make another are we there yet. Yeah, That's yeah. the reason. <laughs> the real reason, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Superfly, thank you, Tevia, yeah, that was his name, Superfly. <laughs> <laughs> which is just a great name. Uh, all righty then. So I guess we can hop into what little news there was this week, everyone. But before we do, uh, hey, Matt, we actually have an ad read to do this week. We do. It's very special because we don't always get ads here on the Comic Multiverse. Normally, you know, we get to keep the lights on and keep going because of, you know, fan engagement and Patreons and everything. And this ad read is actually from someone familiar. It's from our good buddy Omari Malik, who you may recall, uh, oh, well, like a year and a half ago now, it's hard to remember, uh, we were sure to shout out this, you know, cool young creators Kickstarter projects. Mm -hmm. That was, e uh, what the heck was that called again? That was called Blacktooth. I, I keep saying it wrong, uh, so I want to make sure I get it right this time. It was, uh, yes, uh, Blacktooth Battalion. I think I kept calling it Blacktooth Brigade. But yeah, it was Blacktooth uh, Battalion Volume 1, which was a collection of three original stories by this young creator. That was Dogpile, Snakebite, and Ad Astra. Just really cool-looking ideas and really cool-looking books that I was really happy to get behind. And thankfully, you know, uh, not to toot our own horn too much there, Matt, but thanks to our help, those books did get funded. And now I am happy to tell you that you can actually get the books yourself both in physical via the Amazon link that we're going to be putting down there in the bottom as well as digital copies that you can get from Omari's own store and the first one I want to tell you about was Dogpile which uh, was the one that really spoke to me because it's a beautiful mashup of so many things I love it's basically like hey what if DMX was a hero you know what if we brought all of that together. Uh, Dogpile tells the story of du uh, Daquan Rocky. I believe it's Rocky. It's Rake, but with a little uh, ampersand over it there. He's a young man. He loses everything. He loses his family, but he ends up finding a new family, a pack of street dogs who take him in as their own. And that basically becomes his superpower. It's basically like Aquaman with dogs. And what a clever premise. It's pretty cool, isn't it? <laughs> People love dogs. People love superheroes. Yeah, why aren't there are why aren't there more dog themed heroes? <laughs> but yes, this story uh, 
It's all about uh, Daquan returning home with his new dog friends, trying to get to the bottom of his parents' murders and the mysterious accident that led to it. It's uh, it's, it's accident in air quotes, so you know it's not really an accident when people say that. But yeah, this this is a really cool book, really good-looking book from a young creator who I'm really happy to support. Uh, Omari is a really great guy. I've written back and forth with him a couple times now. Real professional, and you know he has that you know business you know savvy that I feel like a lot of young comic creators are lacking. I feel so many young comic creators are so stoked, you know, and so creative. There, they just rush right on in without you know having a game plan. Omari has a plan, and you can check out Dogpile right now. Again, links down in the description. Be sure to check it out. It's in. Uh, you can you can buy the single version if you want and you can also buy the physical version so depending on how you like to read your comics you can check this out i definitely think that Dogpile and omari are going places and uh yeah a uh, friend of the show now turned sponsor of the show so there you go yeah it's very exciting i think i said when we originally talked about it it, it was refreshing to see uh, a creator who was doing at the time a kickstarter who actually had all the things ready to go it wasn't like oh i'm gonna do this if you give me the money it was no i've got this i just need to get it like created physically (laughs) yes like i said young hungry creator who has their shit together which is totally the sort of thing i want to support and again if i ever had a project i wanted to sell i would go to this guy because this guy clearly has it together and i expect big things in his future again that's Dogpile by omari malik uh letters by dc hopkins and pencils and inks by bigson 08 so again you know shouting out the whole creative team on that one because hey it's it's a whole creative process it takes a village to release an actual comic Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and uh omari will be sponsoring the show for at least the next couple weeks everyone so uh be sure to get your chance to check that one out i promise you won't be disappointed yes definitely there i actually put my reading glasses on for that (laughs) because i wanted to get the i wanted to make sure all my information was right that time Yes, everyone, I need glasses, but only to read things far away and to play and to play video games now because I am an old man. (laughs) That's how I knew I was old when it's like, oh, I got to play the new Call of Duty. Oh, I can't see the far away. Oh, that's better. Oh, now now I can see Nicki Minaj. (laughs) Yeah, Nicki Minaj and the Snoop Dogg and the cast of the boys. Really? (laughs) Uh, Oh, damn it. Kevin Durant killed me again. This is a weird game. (laughs) Damn you, Kevin Durant. <laughs> it's not enough that you're good at basketball. You need to be good at this. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I guess we can hop into the news this week. Like we said, there's not much. Uh, perhaps the biggest story this week that everyone was talking about, and it was a real, well, yeah, no duh. Spider-Man Beyond, the Spider-Verse sequel, has officially been delayed indefinitely. And it's like, well, yeah, we're in a fucking writer strike and an actor strike. Of course it's delayed. Everything's delayed. <laughs> yeah. Well, th- this wasn't the only film that got delayed. Like, a bunch of different films got delayed. I know uh, Craven got delayed from mm-hmm. la- later this year to, like, August next year. Oh, no. How, how will we wait till I know, August I know. for Craven, man? I know. What are we going to know about Craven now? Nothing. How are we going to be able to play that video game that's coming, that Spider-Man video game? How are we meant to get our Crave on now, Matt? I was all ready, and now I can't get my Crave on. My Crave is off. (laughs) Craven off is what it is. (laughs) Which is which is sometimes his name, like in the Ultimate Universe, he's (laughs) Kravenoff. 
again, it's, it's a very, it's a very funny joke. Very, very funny joke. Everyone, please laugh. Please laugh now. <laughs> but yeah, obviously this is delayed. Though I think this became a little bit more of a story because this kind of confirms what a lot of people were afraid of when it came to Spider Verse, where they're like, no, 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 we were working on both at the same time. Oh no, no, we're gonna have this one ready to go next year, everyone. You don't got to worry about that to be continued, everyone. You know, we planned this as a big, you know, two-part series, and then it's like. But did you, though? Because it seems like you weren't nearly as far along as you thought. <laughs> well, not only that, then th there was also all that shit that came out between, I think it was, Mil I th think it was Miller out of Lord and Miller and how, like, the, 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 like, demands he has on, in animation where, like, he'll only review, uh, fully animated things he won't which which is fucking insane to say yeah it's just, it's just, as someone who works in uh video production and stuff like that's fucking insane uh that he would want yep. something like that and there's like crunch and whatnot and people weren't particularly happy with him or anything so i could see why this was delayed <laughs> Yes, I had heard those things too, and it's very sad when you hear that because that's also like, oh, you came from the world of movies, you understand the power of animation, but you don't understand all the work that goes yeah. into it. And like, I, I, again, th those stories about like crunch and mistreated workers and everything in the animation studios to put Spider-Verse together. And let's face it, you would need an army of people working around the clock to make that look amazing as it did and it <laughs> was and I feel like those stories of the people who had a bad time kind of got drowned out yep. over just the sheer success and enthusiasm for the movie, which sucks. And I hope, you know, their grievances are addressed moving forward. So maybe it's not a bad thing that they took a little break here because of the strike. Mm -hmm. Here's hoping everything can be cleaned up and here's hoping the movie will be the best that it can be and that every creator involved at every level, you know, will be properly compensated and, you know, time respected. And yeah, one can hope. Isn't that a shame that every time there is a big, like, animated success story now, we hear about that. It's like, oh, we really loved that movie. It was a big success. Oh, the animators working on it had a terrible time. <laughs> oh, they were immediately let go. <laughs> Yeah, like, remember that Sausage Party movie? Like, oh, it's one of the funniest adult animated movies in years, and everyone working on it was mistreated. Fuck. <laughs> That's a shame. Y you hate to see it. You yeah. really do. Yeah. But, like, yeah, th that was the thing that stuck out to me, where it's like, I guess you're not you weren't nearly as far along in this movie as you claim to be. Because, <laughs> remember, it was like, oh, yeah, Spider-Verse sequel. Oh, now it's two movies. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we always meant it to be this way. Did you? Did you really though? Yeah, it signs point to no. <laughs> yeah, like like I wanted to believe you, but the longer this goes on, the more I'm like, no, I don't think it was. <laughs> Which again, if that is true and there was some fuckery behind the scenes, the fact that it was even as good as it was is nothing short of a miracle. Mm -hmm. Uh now, our next story here uh, actually dovetails quite nicely because we were probably going to do a spoiler cast on this anyway. Uh, Secret Invasion had its big season finale uh, this Wednesday. Uh, I was actually three episodes behind, so I actually was able to sit down and basically finish the whole second half of the show in one sitting. Mm -hmm. But, uh, but oh, the, the, there is controversy. You know, there is smellness, Matt, there. Apparently, this was the lowest rated MCU TV episode that they've ever done and i know i i didn't read them but i saw the headlines for about a dozen really tedious sounding think pieces that i did not want to read <laughs> it, it boils down to people 
built up expectations as they always do with these Marvel projects. And when those expectations weren't met to the letter, it's the worst fucking thing ever. Yeah, you'd think they would have learned by now. The thing I kept seeing time and time again when I read all these headlines, I'm like, it's a show. It's a six-episode streamer. What did you expect? Did you expect the Avengers to come in? Did you expect That's exactly the Fantastic what people Four? Wanted. That's exactly what people wanted. Yeah, like it's I know I know it's called Secret Invasion, but it's it's the freaking Nick Fury show, is what it is. It's mm. the Nick Fury Shield without Shield show. If you read a Nick Fury comic, this is how it would end. The fact that you actually did get a Super Scroll fight at the end was a nice surprise. I was not expecting a full blown Super Scroll fight at the end, yeah. but we got it. And it looked great. It looked pretty good. It looked pretty good. You know, again, I know people have complained about some of the other effects here and there, but I'm like, yeah, that's what a super scroll looks like. He looks like a big jacked scroll who's got Groot arms. Yeah, yeah. Also, the fact that they basically did both the super scrolls, the male scroll and the female super scroll, that we kind of got both. Yeah, it was kind of is pretty cool. We also kind of got the scroll kill crew because now uh, scrolls are hated and feared and hunted by conspiracy theory jackasses. Yeah, that's uh, that's going to be interesting to see where they they pick that stream up from because <laughs> yeah, I don't think really. it's going to be in the Marvels because Marvels looks like it's all just set in space. Yes, and also maybe a little bit for in the past because Fury's already on Saber at the time. Mm-hmm. Which yeah, that's another thing people aren't talking about. It's like oh, I didn't get my heroes, I didn't get my big fights. You got a really good Sam Jackson performance, though. Yeah, he was great. Yeah, he's making a meal out of every little scene he was in. And also, hey, Don Cheadle, good for you for being a team player, man, and coming and playing you who wasn't really you. Yeah, and I, the, 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 this is where my biggest problems were because we have the fucking director of this thing. He's like, oh, he's been a scroll since, like, before Civil War or, like, during Civil War. I'm like, can't possibly how? be. Yeah, how? That's, no. <laughs> Did, did did he bleed at any point in those other movies, and was it not purple? He did, yeah, yeah. Like, so there you I'm go. Fairly certain when the building was dropped on him in Avengers, he he, he was bleeding, and yeah, no, he, he was definitely like changed like somewhere around the time of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah, again, which that's the only way it kind of makes sense. And again, maybe, and it doesn't make sense in the storyline because through this show we learned that graphic was actually working for fury during endgame which is why yes, he collected all of right. the samples so why would they replace don Cheadle then if they were still working with fury this guy does this guy realize what like he was writing and directing it like he's, he's just saying shit <laughs> yeah it sounds like he's just kind of making shit up which again i don't know if that's lack of communication between the disney higher-ups and him i don't know if they just like stopped caring at a point <laughs> which i sure hope that's not the case because you know i don't like to think that the emperor has no clothes because <laughs> this isn't the first time a director has said some shit like after endgame when you know the directors and the writers and everyone couldn't agree on how the time travel worked yep <laughs> where i'm just like it's not important guys yeah <laughs> It, it works the way it works because it's a fucking story. You're not doing real quantum mechanics. And I feel very much that's the case with Secret Invasion where it's like that's not the way – the way you're, you're thinking about it all wrong because it's a fucking invasion of the body snatchers with green men and Sam Jackson super spy. Yeah. Did they deliver that? Yes. Did we get a scene where Sam Jackson put on his old coat and his old eye patch one more time? Yes. Yes, we did. <laughs> and that was all I wanted. 
He kept his hat on, though. What was up with that? Sam Jackson's in love with that hat. The the, the beanie, yeah. Well, maybe it was cold. Yeah, I mean, they were in Finland, but my whole thing is like, uh, you know, Nick Fury doesn't wear a hat. Why are you wearing the hat, Sam? Does, does he sell those hats? Is that a thing? Yeah. I, I I like that. That that feels like a like a Nick uh, like a Samuel L. Jackson. My lightsaber yeah. needs to be purple, sort of. Thing. Yeah, I get that. You know, he's older now. His head is cold, so he needs a hat. <laughs> also, Lady playing his wife, I quite enjoyed. Yeah, I like that. He's uh, I like the whole thing with the scrolls, where like the scroll uh woman sort of took over from his wife when she died and yeah. and uh, had this sort of like pact with his wife and everything that, that, that was quite cool yeah yeah there was some interesting stuff there also hey number one alien lover sam jackson nick fury <laughs> loves them loves to deep tongue them there <laughs> That, that was weird, too. Someone pointed that out to me. It's like, how many how many times can you think of Sam Jackson being a love interest in a movie? Like, he always has women yeah. around him, but when do you ever see him as, like, the romantic lead in a thing? Never. This. This is, like, the only one. And he yeah. does it well into old age, eh? Yep. How about that? Yeah, exactly. Dude's in his 70s. You're absolutely right, MK Dragon. Man is in his 70s. He's cold, needs a hat. But he also, you know, is tender and showing some love. <laughs> also, this one had the biggest body count, too, considering Maria Hill and Talos both eat it in this one. That that was the most surprising thing, that they actually kept them dead through Same. the entire I, series. Yeah, because, like, in a show full of body switchers and everything, I'm like, no, nope, they're going to find them in the it, little room, aren't they? It makes the criticisms of it even funnier because, like... Obviously, like when someone else dies in like a movie or something, you get all the people saying, "Oh, it's not going to matter. They're going to come back from for some reason," or mm. you know. And and when when it happens here, it gets criticized and 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 called terrible and everything. Which is funny, I guess. In that way, too, this show is almost even truer to Secret Invasion than anything else because that mm. was also one of those moments in comics where they're like, "Oh man, they had been replaced by scrolls. By God, they could bring anyone back to life now. They could write huge swaths of their history, and it would make perfect sense." And eh, they're not really doing it for a lot of characters, huh? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and people forget, like, like the characters who were the scrolls in the comics. At the time when this comic was coming out, like Iron Man wasn't the popular character. He wasn't what he is now. He was still the sealess character. They heard him. Who else was it? It was Electra. Yes. It, it was like a bunch of like characters that aren't like big, big characters or weren't big, big, big characters in comics at the time. True. D David, with my exact thing question I asked during the show. So if all the people were in the pods, how did they not get the radiation poisoning from yeah. Chernobyl? I, yeah. I'm assuming they gave them the radiation drugs, too, because they they might need to go back and read their brains again in case they needed to replace them if one of their other agents died. That was my thinking. Or hell, maybe next time we see fucking Ross, he's got fucking massive brain tumor or something. Oh, no. <laughs> Oh, no, don't give Everett Ross a tumor. <laughs> ah, that's that's okay. He's friends with the Wakandans. They've got advanced brain that's surgery. True. They can save him. That's true. They'll, they'll, give, they'll, they'll fix him right up with some of that panther brain surgery. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I enjoyed the show. Is it my favorite show? Probably not, but nah. it's everything I thought it was going to be. My big, like you said, Matt, you nailed it. The problem is expectations. People expect <laughs> so much from these shows. And it's like, guys, it's still a show, though. And it's not helped as well by all those fucking leakers and scoopers and everything. Yes. Like, like, like the lead up to the show, everyone was saying, oh, Quake and the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. are going to be in the show. 
Coulson is Cap- definitely going to be Cap- in it. Captain Marvel's going to show up at the end to help fight the Super Scroll, like all this stuff, and and none of that turns out to be true. It's just like stoking the flames to get people really upset for when, uh, yeah. when it doesn't happen, and so they can do their YouTube reaction. Of course, bullshit. Gotta get clicks. <laughs> Captain Kun with a great one. Secret invasion. The comic equals damn obvious attack. Yeah, it was pretty obvious. Yeah. There was nothing secret about it. No, no. This was the the show was more secret. <laughs> yes, it was much more cloak and dagger invasion of the body snatchers. Yeah. Yeah, again, people say, you know, the show cost too much. I don't know what it costs. I know they definitely tried to be a little tricky with it. Where it's, it's like $212 million or something. Really? I'm like, yeah, I'm like, how? I mean, those scroll effects, but I'm like, they don't need to be scrolls all the time. Also, it was a pretty, like, globetrotting show because they were trying to do the James Bond thing. So they were in Russia and they were in Finland and they were in London and America. But still, even, like, with that and... Like, like i know you're like paying obviously your uh your main stars and everything but still for a show like that like i like the other shows didn't even cost that much mandalorian doesn't cost that much no it's true yeah there is a feeling of like well where did all the money go because it yeah. certainly doesn't seem to be on screen yeah was it all that that fucking awful ai generated i sure hope not intro which is just fucking awful decision i know what they were That's- trying to do with it but it was just an awful awful decision yeah, that's the worst thing about the show. Everyone complaining about, like, oh, I didn't get what I wanted out of it. You know, the characters I wanted didn't compare. No, you should be complaining about the AI is what you should be complaining mm. about. Especially because it certainly seemed like a last-minute addition. Right? It really felt like a last-minute addition. The fact that they did it during a strike. I know we've mentioned this in other episodes, but it bears repeating. Not cool, guys. Not no, cool. Not cool at all. Also, do you think this is their way to, like, write Samuel L. Jackson off now to where he's just, like, leaving off to space? You think we might not see him again for a while? Yeah, well, yeah, I think after Marvels, I think we're not going to see him for a while. Because, like, he was always, like, the real team player. He did the S.H.I.E.L.D. TV show multiple times. Mm-hmm. He showed up in stuff that you were, like, surprised to see him show up in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If this is the last we get for MCU Nick Fury, I think they ended him on a pretty good note where he literally got to ride off into the sunset at the end. Yeah, he got he got his happy ending. He got a happy ending, and I think that's nice. Yeah. And also, and also, I guess it opens the door for if they wanted to do some other sort of spy person there. Maybe, maybe they want to do Guy Rich or something. Maybe like an evil Nick Fury. I guess, mm. I guess they built up Elaine as, you know, Contessa What's Her Face to basically be the evil Nick Fury. Yeah. And we've got a uh, guy there at the end going to work with, um, the, the, what's her British name? British lady. The British lady. Yeah. N- N- Nanny McBritish, who will bust a cap in your ass. I liked her a whole lot. Yeah, she was, Olivia Coleman's great. She's very good in this. She's funny and threatening. She does it. Uh, she does a lot. Yeah. As some people saying Gravik wasn't threatening at all. I think the problem with Gravik is that he doesn't become a fully fleshed character until the very end. Mm, yeah, they probably should have started him like as the Super Scroll. Yeah, and also the piece of information he gives at the end being like, look, this human form I took is a guy I killed on your orders, Fury. Yeah, that feels like that probably should have been the show and like that probably should have been announced earlier on. They should have done something with a, where like the like because because him and him and fury have such a connection. They should have done something where it's like, oh, this this form I've taken on is like. 
the form of Fury's son or something. Yeah. Well, yeah, I kind of got that feeling, too, where in many ways this is a show about Fury fighting his past sins, but also this kid who is his spiritual son. And, you know, he neglected him the same way he neglected his wife because he was too busy building the Avengers and trying Mm -hmm. to protect Earth. And like that line they said, I think, rang very true to how Fury felt, where, you know, it's easier to save 62 billion people than it is to change their hearts and minds, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which is like true and like but also deeply sad and defeatist it is yeah and i'm like fuck i think that's another thing too that people weren't ready to grasp about the show it is like darker and more dour and more nihilistic for like a marvel property like it's not really a happy like it's a happy ending but it's not a happy ending yeah it's it it's there's a melancholy to it very very melancholy and i think people don't know how to how to deal with that which is funny because that's another thing people have said forever oh marvel things should be you know more serious they should be more adult and you know they should you know uh have endings like this and then the second they do people complain about it yeah because it's not colorful heroes showing up every two seconds yeah all these marvel things are the same they need to be different this is too different and i don't like it yeah (laughs) Again, I, I bring back that coffee thing time and time again, that old coffee survey where people are like, oh, I want a thick, dark roast because I'm a mature adult. And then they leave coffee sitting around for people and they drink the weakest, milkiest thing. People don't actually want what they say they want most of the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. People are just saying what they think people want them to want. Exactly. Yeah, but that's that. Again, I thought it was perfectly OK. Yeah, you know. I thought it was fine. Yeah, on on to the next one. Yeah. Will be interesting to see when Gaia shows up again. Maybe it'll be in Fantastic Four. Who knows? Yeah, it could be anywhere. Could be anywhere. Could be. Yeah, now we've got another superpowered character running around who could be interesting. Again, maybe a hero, maybe a villain. Yep. Uh, now, another story here, Matt, you were telling me about before we started. Apparently, there's a lot of controversy going on around the Catwoman book currently. Mm, yes. Do, do tell, Matt, you had to explain this to me because I was <clears throat> unaware, nor could I actually find the article when I went looking. So I think yesterday or the day before, the uh, Catwoman artist Nico Leon took to Twitter to talk about how Catwoman, I think it's 58, issue 58, uh, right. script is is late. It, it, it came to him, came to them three weeks late. And they have three weeks and less to draw the entire book, which needed six weeks. Mm. And like, apparently that's not the first time, or at least it's implied it's not the first time something like this has happened on this book. And um, they they, uh, they aren't very happy and they they just wanted to like let everyone know like, oh, my art might be a bit subpar in this book because of this. And it's implied that it might also be related to what's happening with the Catwoman and the Batman books at the moment where they're going to be crossing over. Yes, for Gotham War, which starts soon. Yeah, and it's just like mandates coming down from either editorial or the writers or stuff. It's just fucking over the artists, basically. Yeah, which is, you know, pretty bog standard, sta- sadly, in the world of comics. Yeah. And, 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 I, and I can get why this is controversial because, you know, it's an artist. It's a creative person being like, look, you know, I'm having a hard time here and I want you all to know. But I can also understand how, like, you know, from the corporate side of things, they're like, hey, don't throw your, you know, writer under the bus and everything for this just because we're overworking mm. you all. Yeah. They didn't mention the writer 
so uh, so i i know who the writer is of of that book but like they didn't mention them um so they're not 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 particularly throwing them under the bus but yeah i i do think they that these people should voice their concerns when stuff like this happens the one thing i didn't particularly like was there were there were other there were peers of this of this artist also coming out saying don't do that don't like don't do that don't rock the boat or anything you're, you're and like giving away trade secrets yeah don't yeah. and i'm like nah don't you support your artist friends you know they absolutely you know they're going through <laughs> shit and 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 they will be the ones to get shit if if it, if they didn't say anything and it came out and the art didn't look you know up to standard they would be the yeah. ones getting the shit and also because nothing gets better if you don't talk about stuff like this corporations <laughs> need you and your fellow worker and your fellow artists and everything to not talk to each other and not share trade craft and everything because it's better to keep you in the dark that way mm -hmm. and yeah if this is happening on catwoman imaginally what's happening in other books if writers and art or if artists are under the gun to get this shit done every month oh i'm sure it's happening on loads of books yeah, that's the thing, where there's smoke, there's fire, and if it's happening here on Catwoman, a book that I'm sure a lot of people don't really think about that often, imagine what's happening on other books. Exactly. And why there's so much artist burnout and everything. Mm -hmm. uh, Cowboy helping us out in the chat, thank you as always. Hello, Matt and Joel. Is the, is the reintroduction of the Marvel Ultimate Universe a reach to bring back fans or a chance to bring back the nostalgia? Well, Cowboy, we'll talk about all of that when we get into the books this week, mm -hmm. because we did totally read ultimate invasion and it's uh, not what i think a lot of people thought it was going to be no not at all not at all but uh, our last story here actually involves batman and robin the new series that will be launched by williamson very soon apparently at san diego comic-con they had a little panel and everything regarding the book and they announced a brand new villain who will be joining the series but a new villain who looks familiar it's a female version of hush called shush <laughs> Okay, we're 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 scraping the bottom of the barrel now. I think this is Joshua Williamson, and Joshua Williamson isn't afraid to do a joke. Like, let us not all yeah yeah let let, let us not forget the Bat Woman who laughs, which was a joke. But they're like, get out of here. Yeah, yeah. This this sounds like a joke. This sounds like they're building it up to be something, babe. But it's like, come on, you don't introduce a female version of Hush, call them Shush, and have it not be a joke. I I would like if it is built up like that, and this, you know, the variant covers and all that stuff, and mm -hmm. then they appear in that first issue and just never again. Also, let's not forget, Hush is a villain only has like one, maybe two good stories under yep. his belt, and then it's all downhill from there. Yep, everyone just remembers the look. Yeah, everyone it's remembers the, the, the red hood, the red hood effect. Yep, everyone remembers the good story, and also if you do know that story, then you'll know Hush really wasn't shit because it was really a Riddler plot. Yep, it was really something the Riddler was doing, but again, no one even remembers that as a thing. Nope. So it's a thing. Also, <laughs> the chat going, "No, Josh, no, bad. Don't go back to the Hush well. No." <laughs> Uh, again, you know, Josh Williamson, he, I, I respect him as a writer because he's not afraid to take big swings with big ideas and mm -hmm. do weird shit and do, like, weird granular stuff. Sometimes it doesn't work, though. No, not at all. Like, even with Night Terrors right now, I'm like, I'm enjoying most of this, but also some of this is like, okay, are you doing this for me or are you doing this for you? <laughs> it... it the, the the inclusion of the of certain characters and who's like the main characters and stuff makes me do questions like okay you're just, you're just doing this because you wanted to do this yeah this this feels like a you thing and that's fine that's fine i think yeah. you've earned to do one for you every so often but you know it's just kind of 
Uh, like I, I'm glad one of us is having fun here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, oh yeah, that that that's basically my review of Night Terrors number two. In case you're wondering, it's <laughs> it's it's fine, but it's also getting on my nuts a little bit too. Yeah, yeah. We're at the, we're at the halfway mark. We're just over the halfway mark, so it's, it's almost done. It's almost done. Really, how short is Night Terrors? Because this is just issue two. Yeah, I think it's four issues. Really? Well, at oh, least it's short. Four issues, and I think there's like the the Omega or whatever the fuck they, they call right. it at DC. Yeah. Right. Uh, also, not counting the millions of tie-ins and the free comic book day issue. The five tie-ins a, day, a week. <laughs> yeah, the, the prelude to number one. Yeah, I just stopped doing those because I looked at the numbers on my channel. I'm like, okay, so none of you give a shit about any of these then. Cool, I'm going to stop doing these then. <laughs> I've been reviewing them all, but in one video. <laughs> That's probably that's probably a better idea. Yeah, just combining them all into one video. Because <laughs> yeah, I think I had like Titans and Action Comics this week that I was gonna mm -hmm. do, and like I looked at Nightwing and like Nightwing just barely broke a thousand, and I'm like, okay, if Nightwing can't break a thousand, which is normally breaking like three in the regular <clears throat> series, that is a that that is a loud and clear we do not give a shit about this. <laughs> And I'm like, that's all right, fans, because I feel that all these tie-ins are pretty samey anyway. That, they really are, especially after this that that second and third week. They're like, okay, they're all getting pretty similar. There's only so many ways you can tell a story about having a nightmare before you start repeating yourself. Yep, yep. Like, like if you put a gun to our head right now and said, write a story about a superhero having a nightmare, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. The, 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 they're in jail. I don't. Maybe, maybe they like lose their powers. Maybe they like hurt someone they love. Maybe yeah. maybe the house is scary. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe, maybe just they they can't be a hero anymore. I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty sad, right? That's pretty scary. Ooh. <laughs> you know what they should have done with this? If they were gonna do a hundred times, they shouldn't have given it to the regular writers to do the scary nightmare issues. They should have actually gotten like some young hungry horror writers and said, all right, you get two issues, go nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Like that, that, um, oh, they did that with, with a, I think a Halloween, like special, like yeah. one shot issue where, yeah, it was just a bunch of like young writers from like their writing, uh, Academy group thing and they just like let him go ham with like oh superman horror story wonder woman batman you i know? remember those yeah yeah that's that's what they need to do the fact that so many of these are written by just like the regular writers or fill-in yeah. writers i think also robs them of a lot of their personality too yeah and you can tell a lot of them didn't want to do it either like jeremy adams oh, and, and, and yes. that green lantern one it's like ooh, hell is scared of sinestro and parallax <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> yeah like i like the idea of doing a horror event also why are you doing a horror event in the summer shouldn't you have done this closer to like halloween yeah in october yeah <laughs> yeah shouldn't this have waited till october and i know marvel is also basically doing one of these two they're also doing a horror series yeah. in a freaking october that's weird it's weird yeah weird weird ass timing uh, you know what it is it's clearly josh williamson had a story this was supposed to be closer to infinite frontier and justice league incarnate and they're like oh this is great we're gonna make an event out of this do you reckon like this and lazarus planet were meant to be one event and they split it the, the more i look at it, the more it seems like yeah maybe yeah the more I think about it, yeah, maybe. Because, like, Lazarus Planet was also really fucking thin. Yeah. And this story is becoming thin. Maybe if you stuck them together, yeah, there would be more story. Uh, this story be, spun you know, out of Lazarus Planet. So, yeah, it may, makes sense that it would have been. 
little little more meat on the bone. But yeah, that's Night Terrors. I have very little to talk about. On. We want to talk about uh, Ultimate Invasion. That's what Cowboy in the chat want to hear us talk about. Yes, yes, let's do it. So in classic Jonathan Hickman fashion, just when you think you know what the story is about, he flips the table and goes, uh-uh. Uh-uh, you know nothing. <laughs> you know, because at the end of that first issue, it's like, oh, so this series is going to be about the maker going around and recreating this world in his image and fucking around with the heroes and creating his answer to the ultimate universe. It is very Watchmen-esque, where by the time you open up this, pa- uh, the first page, maker's like, nah, man, I already did that when you weren't paying attention. I'm already yeah. done. Yeah, I did that uh, between the pages. <laughs> I did that between the pages because I'm so fucking cool. (laughs) And again, you know, he talks about this alternate world and being like, look, you know, I used my knowledge of the ultimate universe and the 616 universe. So many things are similar. And, you know, I was able to stop it. But there's, you know, some stuff that just kind of happens anyway. You know, Bruce Banner gets blown up by a bomb. The Fantastic Four go into space. Uh, Stark Industries will build weapons. Captain America is kind of interesting because he's like, yeah, I didn't find him in the ice, even though World War Two happened in this world. Huh? Mm-hmm. How about that? Yeah. And and it's it seeks to imply, oh, because there's no Captain America, there's no that like paragon of good and, and like trusting. Mm. Uh, I'll just become that. Yeah, the, the world lost their Superman. And also, I, I love in all the small ways we're reminded that the maker is Reed Richards. He could have made his time bubble base anywhere, but he makes it in Latveria, Latveria. Outside, <laughs> outside Doom's castle just to show you, look how big my fucking balls are. <laughs> my big time balls. Also, we have a little appendices where it tells us the fate of a lot of characters. They're either dead or dead didn't become born or under maker's control we didn't see victor von doom did we no 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 it it's i guess like it's implied like he doesn't exist in this world maybe the fantastic four never got to be the fantastic four no no he stopped their rocket from getting hit by the cosmic rays so that they exist but they don't exist as they're they're, as he puts it controllable and manageable Which, which is kind of interesting, too, him being a Reed. He could have killed the Fantastic Four, but he didn't. He let them live. You know what that is? That's him uh, uh, proving to himself that he's better than the 616 Reed because the 616 mm-hmm. Reed wanted to erase him from existence. This is Maker going, no, I, I wouldn't do that because I'm so good and altruistic and, and everything. And also maybe him, too, in the back of his mind being like, I couldn't save my ultimate family, but I can save these ones and make it mm. so that they live. Mm. Yeah. Again, it's funny, like he seems to hate everyone else and he hates 616 reads so much. But the fact that he saved that Fantastic Four, I think, is really interesting. Mm. Also, too, hey, this world, uh, how did the heroes end up different? We have an Iron Man, but it's Howard Stark. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, he's created uh, his Iron Man armor, which looks exactly like the ultimate Iron Man armor, which is, I said in my review, is really weird because usually when we see alternate Iron Man, the armors are all pretty similar to, like, the 616. Mm -hmm. They're, like, very recognizable. This one's just straight up the ultimate armor. (laughs) Which you have to wonder, was that uh, was that the maker's meddling? Because it yeah. seems like he's trying to make this world match the one he lost in weird little ways. Yeah, he's like manipulating things to make it seem like it's all the same. Mm-hmm. Also, Howard's the drunk and the womanizer, and Tony exists. He's just, you know, like young and peppy. Yeah, he's just like his son. Yeah. Yeah. And Obadiah Stane is there too, and assumedly still a good guy. He seems like a pretty good guy. He's, he's there helping... Uh, Tony and Howard in their company, which is now called Stark Stain. Mm-hmm. 
Also, Jarvis exists too, but instead of being an uptight British man butler, it's an uptight uh, woman butler. <laughs> I like that there's just a Jarvis that exists in every yeah. universe. Can't get away from it. Yeah. <laughs> The, 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 the political structure of this world is weird, too, because he's like, uh, you know, the head of a corporation, but he's also like one of the leaders of the world because he's mm. actually like cured disease and cancer and everything. And the world is like a weird technoarchy, which I guess makes sense considering the maker is a mad scientist and everything. Yeah, there's like 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 tribes because 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 as well, like, like the back half of the issue, we get like what is essentially like the maker's own version of a Hellfire Gala. Yes. Uh, where he invites like all these people to like Latveria and they all like dress up and like their, their fancy costumes and whatnot. It's it's very Willy Wonka's chocolate factory. Yeah. The news is like, oh, the maker closed off Latveria for years, but he's finally throwing the doors open and he yeah. walks down the stairs like Gene Wilder. Yeah, he just didn't do the role. <laughs> ah, I kept waiting for it. I'm like, any minute he's going to do that role. <laughs> Um, but no, it's, it, and, uh, this whole meeting, it's implied by, uh, by what the maker says later on that, like he engineered this to happen because during the meeting, they're attacked by a group of multiversal future clone Avengers. Heroes. Yeah. Yeah. A bunch of different, like Captain America's Thor's giant men, wasps, wasps all the, the ultimate, uh, Avengers yeah. basically. <laughs> and, um, the ultimate. It, it, it's implied that like he knew this attack was going to happen which is why he called this event to happen now so he could show the people that their world is under attack by like invaders more or less so they need to come together under his command kind of yes yeah. yes and and he also did it to try and get uh, a moment alone with howard stark mm-hmm Yes, uh, th that's very interesting where it's like you think this is going to be a multiversal story, but this actually is like a story about the maker fighting future hit squads because mm -hmm. he clearly does something that upsets time. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, throughout the issue, it's implied he's gone through this particular world, this 6160 world, multiple times to try to and make it the way he likes, try and find that right line to travel. Uh, and it's implied and it's basically confirmed because he has a time machine called the Immortus. Uh, engine i love that so much it's called the amortis engine to yeah. remind you yeah amortis is kang and reed richards is like an ancestor yeah. of kang so yeah. of course that's what he would call his time machine because he's got a little kang in him yeah and and we we find he's gone through like this world a couple of times and it's left him uh kind of fucked up <laughs> yeah because he... half his head is missing <laughs> Yes, because apparently this isn't the first time a hit squad from the future came to try and kill him. And he's like, don't worry, though. None of my important organs were in there at the time. The only problem is I can't really remember anything anymore. I just know you, Howard Stark, helped me build this machine at some point. So I'm going to need your help again. Yeah, yeah. This is this insane. <laughs> Very. If we're going to save our future, you're going to have to do it. And Howard's like, well, I don't know if I can trust you because you murdered a bunch of people before my very eyes. But also, apparently, the only reason I was able to create these miracles and everything is because you've been puppeteering my life since the very beginning. Yeah, the, I, I love how he, how he murdered those Avengers, getting all their, like, present-day 
like progenitors or who mm-hmm. people who would eventually give the DNA that would be used in those people and just like murders them. It's very Kills cool. Kills them with a butterfly effect. It's very cool. Yeah, it's it's cool because like something literally exactly the same happened in uh, a TV show I'm watching called Foundation. Uh, where where a character tried to assassinate one of the leaders and they 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 got everyone this person has ever contacted or like looked at and like killed them all (laughs) i i guess to answer cowboy's question from earlier you know is this nostalgia baiting or is this something new uh this definitely looks to be something new oh absolutely something new which I'm totally fine with that. I don't think you ever would have captured the lightning in the bottle that was the old Ultimate Universe again. And even when it was, it was really only Ultimate Spider-Man that continued this. Mm. This looks like them actually building from the ground up something completely new, fresh, different, and also approachable. Yeah, this looks like, and it goes into like what I was talking about in that first issue where like this, uh, where it's like Hickman is portraying the uh, the maker kind of with his own voice. Uh, very much th- th- so. This is very much like, oh, this is what the ultimate universe would be if Hickman was in charge of it and not people like Mark Millar or Brian Michael Bendis. Mm-hmm. Yes, this is very – this the first issue especially because there was all that stuff there about like writing and creation yes. and yes. like creation myths and religion. And yeah, this the, – the maker is a writer. The, you know, uh, Amortis machine is his pencil. And mm-hmm. he's like, look, but, but, but I need to talk this story out with someone else, you know, right? I need to really break the story. Because I think Hickman actually does that. Like, he does actually ask other people to, mm-hmm. like, sit down and help him break stories and everything. Mm-hmm. Which is very cool, because, like, writers are usually, like, pretty solitary people. I think I think Jim Zub told me that one time when they were all, uh, what is it, writing one of those bigger crossover stories. Uh, he had sent them, like, a bunch of emails. It was something, like, like really obtuse to, like, what about the moon? What are we going to do about the moon in this story? Because wasn't it destroyed? And he's like, don't worry, leave it with me, I'll figure it out. And, like, he disappeared for a couple days and then came back with a great reason for how they'd save the moon. Yeah, I'm also pretty sure he was the one that sort of started those when when uh the x-men the krakoa era started those like writer summits i'm sure yeah. they're, 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 they're like an actual thing but like those ones where like they'd all get together in like a room to like hash everything out he's he's a real writer's writer isn't he hickman mm, he is he really is it's like you know there's no it's very venture brothers because i've been rewatching that you know there's no problem we can't write ourselves out of using continuity and characterization there is no problem too big and too small you know n- no corner we can't write ourselves out of yep and i appreciate that very much <laughs> also can't wait for when he does gods <laughs> yeah that's serious when's that coming out <laughs> Uh, soon, because we actually got a little taste of it in the Hellfire Gala this week. That's true. Holy shit, I, I completely forgot about that. Let's let's save Hellfire Gala for last. Let's. T- I'll talk about Spider Man, and you can talk about Superman. I'll be very brief with the uh, okay. Spider Man. Okay. So so this is the end of the big Doc Ock story to help set up the new Superior Spider Man. Mm-hmm. It's Doc in his old his new arms versus spider-man in his old arms and the more spider-man has the old arms on the more he remembers about his life as superior spider-man and the more he kind of starts acting like awk yep so he totally like mind fucks Otto by like using his own insults against him and being like yeah, i'm a better you than you wrap your mind around that one <laughs> 
And like Wells actually does an excellent job giving characterization to the arms because there's like a moment where like Spider-Man, he's going to get pushed back into like an electrified coil and he's going to be killed. And, you know, the arms who have learned, you know, friendship and compassion from Spider-Man, they start to like disconnect to try and save Spider-Man. But he's like, no, we started this together and we're going to do this together. And I'm like, oh, my God, Peter has shown more kindness and compassion to these fucking arms than he did like any other character in the last two events. Oh, that's great. <laughs> and it's this like beautiful story about like good overcoming evil because good is better and more interesting. And Norman like overcomes the goblin serum that uh, Ock tried to dose him with because he's like, no, it was never the serum that made me bad, Ock. You know, you're a bad scientist and you don't understand redemption at all if you think that. I was evil. The evil was in me. You know, the serum was just the excuse I told myself. <laughs> and I'm like, fuck, this is like really good writing. Yeah. And yeah, they, they cheese it up at the end with like Norman being like, oh, you know, I'm really, this was a great distraction from the whole death of Kamala thing. He, he like literally says that. And it's like, you know, oh, I didn't know her for long, but I know she was a good person and she made me want to be a better person. I'm like, okay, don't lay it on so thick. But yes, I get what you're getting at. <laughs> and it's funny, too, because, like, Peter just, like, shuts up and lets him do this big, long soliloquy. <laughs> and I'm like, man, this Norman book is great. And also Spider-Man helped, too. But he wasn't really Spider-Man. He was also basically just superior for this. But, man, boy, was he great being superior. <laughs> For the short minute he was, because we got to forget that he was someone else. <laughs> oh, and the arms got to stay, too. Uh, so uh, J. Jonah Jameson is just going to, like, keepsake the arms until we need them again. Oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's good. fine. He, he needed a pet. He needed a friend. <laughs> it's it's so infuriating because this arc is like, oh, so this is what the book would look like if Zeb Wells actually had control and was actually able to tell the stories he wanted. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And wasn't just a slave to editorial mandate. That's rough. I wish we got more stories like this. And this one even has even more bittersweet things. Like, so up next, we got Jackpot and a big double-sized wedding issue before we head into a next event. So, like, enjoy this one-off story where I was in control for a minute. Yeah, for a minute. That's, that's why I don't understand all the people getting mad at Zeb. It's clearly not his fault. No, this this entire story reads like, hey, sorry for those last two. Yeah. I swear that wasn't me. Yeah, yeah, I, I had to do this because otherwise I would not have a job. <laughs> yeah, if it feels like night and day, it's because it is night and day. <laughs> because it literally is night and day. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's fine. Again, it doesn't make up for Dark Web and that like missing four years storyline but it's nice to know when push comes to shove the guy actually is a good writer still yeah yeah that's good yeah kt helping us out there interested in october for the whole black widow becoming venom thing oh yeah she gets a turn to be venom too oh, doesn't she really what fuck ever everyone gets a turn to be venom matt <laughs> everybody gets one. Oh god <laughs> Uh, Captain Good helped us out. JJ can keep the arms if he promises to take them for walks and clean out the litter box. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where's that story? Where's that backup where it's just like, you know, fun, odd couple shenanigans of uh, Jameson and these arms? Uh. <laughs> Chem dog Zeb is like Han Solo. It's not my fault. <laughs> it isn't. It isn't, and I don't blame you for it. No, not at all. Uh, all right. Now you had a Superman book this week from uh, Mark Way that you were quite excited to talk about. I did. I had the first issue of The Last Days of Lex Luthor. 
I heard great things about this and was a little disappointed yes. in myself for not picking it up. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. It's it's a black label book, though it doesn't need to be because it's uh not mature rated or anything like that. And I think they did it just so people wouldn't say, "Where does this take place in canon?" In continuity. Yeah, yeah. You, you mean Superman doesn't hang dong right away and rip people's yeah. heads off? Yeah, yeah, or swear or anything. Yeah, yeah, do drugs. You know, yeah, you know, like Superman does. Yeah, yeah, uh, and. Mark Wade wastes no time getting into this story. Uh, the, the book opens with uh, Lex Luthor attacking a coastal uh, town because he knows like it's on a fault line, so it'll cause big earthquake, big, 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 uh, big problems. And he's done that for a reason because he wants Superman to come and see him. Uh, so instead of just you know asking to for for the hero to come see him, he's got to you know cause a big accident. Um, so he comes, Superman comes to see him and Superman finds out that Lex is dying. And mm. we find out that Lex was uh, fucking around with a bunch of kryptonite, bombarding it with different radiations. Something happened. <laughs> what else is new? <laughs> Something happened. It exploded and bathed him in a bunch of like cosmic rays mixed with like chemicals from his lab. And it's led to a cellular decay, which he cannot stop with no technology from Earth. Mm -mm. Uh, and he uh, really hates it, but he's come to Superman to ask for Superman's help to save him. And uh, Superman's like, okay, th this is a trick. I'm going to like say yes. And you're going to like fucking shoot me with kryptonite or something. You know, you're going to do something. <laughs> you're going to do something. And, and Lex has to like bring himself, like he forces himself to say like, I hate the idea of a world without me. I need your help <laughs> to like make me, live i uh, you know I, the world can't exist without me basically um, my back is literally up against the wall yeah yeah and it's like and you wouldn't understand anything like this and it, it's great because mark wade taps into jeff john's secret origin with uh hey. clark and lex uh growing up together in smallville uh and we see a bit of that throughout the issue where lex is widely hated in smallville because uh as he puts it, they're all rednecks and they don't, they, they can't, you know, you have to have a certain IQ to, to, to appreciate Lex's genius sort of thing. Yeah, of course, uh, yes. He does try and help people out in, in the town. Like he tries to turn Ben Hubbard's tractor into a solar powered tractor, but the man like <laughs> runs him off the property with a gun and all that oh, sort of stuff. So he's like really frustrated. But then also Lex, as Clark puts it, is a very volatile prone to mood swings you know he he wow. he doesn't like it but he's found a kindred spirit in clark because clark is also very smart and 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 he's always telling clark to like get out of the town while you can you're, you're so much better than this while clark is trying to like no i like this town and you can like it as well if you just gave it a chance but lex mm. lex refuses mm. to and clark is stuck with this really interesting idea where it's like obviously he can't tell anyone um who he is and about his powers. And he, he says he's even tried to explain his powers to his parents and they can't understand what, <laughs> what X-ray vision is, what, it, but Lex could, so he could tell Lex, but he knows that if he does, it would either, he'd be betraying his parents who said they, he shouldn't tell anyone his secret and all Lex will just go into a violent mood swing and do something unpredictable. So he's, oh, that's clever. So, we, we never get to see Superman yeah, like that. So Superman is stuck with this moral quandary. It's like, what do I do in this situation? Um, and back in the present, Lex uh, reveals that 
since Superman is going to help him, or he knew Superman was going to help him because he is Superman, um, he's uh, been live streaming this entire event to the world. So now, <laughs> the, now the world knows that Superman is going to be hel helping the most despised man on Earth. So he's kind of ruined Superman's like image of the world. So Superman now uh -oh. has to help him. He's kind of forced to help him. So well, that's a PR problem. Zuman decides I'm going to take him to the Fortress of Solitude and we're going to get some Kandorian scientists to run some tests on him. Uh, they do that and they they find no way of able to help Lex. They have no way of knowing what is doing this to him, why he's dying or anything, so they can't help him. So Zuman decides, well, if we can't help him, we'll give him some time. So we'll put him in the Phantom Zone uh. Uh, where he'll be like incorporeal and will stop aging and everything. The problem with that is, is that General Zod lives in the Phantom Zone and General <laughs> Zod is not too happy about that, not too happy about Superman. So when Superman and Lex arrive in the Phantom Zone, he attacks them and it's Lex's job to save Superman. Uh, and, and he saves him just basically because he needs the man alive to help save him. But what's really interesting is Lex is left in the Phantom Zone, but Zod and his people somehow managed to with just sheer force of will push him out of the phantom zone so he's, he's <laughs> even not, they don't want to hang out with yeah him. even they don't want to fucking hang out with lex luther um and so that's sort of where the issue ends where okay the phantom zone's no go we can't help you uh uh with uh our technology our kryptonian technology or human technology what the fuck do we do now <laughs> yeah and and it's bookended as well by the reveal of like why clark really wants to help lex and it's it's something to do with their past where lex uh seemingly got locked in his lab is how he lost his hair basically oh. uh, he got locked in his like burning lab there was something between something happened between him and clark where clark is trying to get into the lab but can't because there's kryptonite so he's trying to help his friend but he cannot and now superman feels that since he couldn't help him then he can help he him wants now. to help him now yeah, huh. yeah. it's, uh, it's extremely deep yeah that sounds like all the best mark wadeisms yeah yeah it's great it's great that's I should definitely check that one out. I felt like I was going to regret not picking that one up this week. Cause you know, with black label, you never know you never how know, these yeah. ones are going to go. Yeah. So many of them feel like this didn't need to exist, or this could have been in the main continuity. This one actually seems like a good one. Cause it's not a Batman book. There you go. It's Michael Reed. Do you prefer Lex as a former resident of Smallville? I certainly think it has its place and I know I like they go it. back and forth on it. It really depends on the story and the era. Sometimes, you know, him being from the suicide slums and being a creation of Metropolis works. Sometimes, like in this story, him being, you know, a, a guy who never quite fit into Smallville the way Superman did because, you know, he, he didn't hide how great he was. You know, <laughs> I'm smarter this place. I'm better than here and you are too and why can't you see that? Yeah, exactly. The fact that they both come from, like, you know, small-town America, both definitely have their place. It really depends on the era and what the story is trying to say. Yeah, I do much prefer the the whole, he, he was in Smallville, he was, like, friends with Clark, and it, it kind of makes their, their, like, uh, battle with each other a bit more personal, in yeah. a way. And, and it's a bit more tragic as well, because obviously Clark can't tell lex that he's superman like superman can't tell him who he is and like but but in doing that maybe that might have changed their dynamic a little bit it's, it's really interesting 
Yeah, because in some versions of the story, he's like, you know, why did you not tell me? And also, I'm so smart, but I could never see it for myself. You made me feel stupid and small, yeah. Superman. Yeah, or he finds out he like in the Black Ring, he finds out he he he's he's Clark Kent, and like and just views it as like, oh, this is this is how you see humans as these like weak, feeble, like you mm-hmm. pretend to be us sort of thing. Yeah, it's just really interesting. And it's like, no, Lex, you're projecting. You're talking yeah. about yourself, Lex. Stop projecting. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that sounds good. I'll have to check that one out. That actually sounds like a real winner. Yeah, and it's only three issues. Oh, that's even better, too. Because yeah, yeah, hey, they're black label, they're a bit oversized. They're a little oversized. Hey, nothing wrong with good stories being short. Some of the best no. stories ever aren't actually that long. Yep. Y- y'all love Days of Future Past? That's two issues. <laughs> it's a pretty short story, actually. <laughs> uh, I guess with that, we can head to the main... Uh, the main event of uh, comics this week, probably the biggest X-Men story in a long time. That, of course, being the Hellfire Gala, the third annual Hellfire Gala, number one. They had been building up to this one for months, that this was going to be the big one, that this is going to be the must-read, the thing that changes all the X-Men stories and is going to be setting up for the rest of Fall of X. And, oh boy, they were not kidding. Yeah. Well, this is literally the fall of X, the culmination of it all, basically. Yep, this is this is where it begins. This is the fall of the House of X. This is Hickman set up all the blocks. This is uh, Kieran Gillen and company knocking it the fuck down and taking wonderful, perverse joy in knocking it the fuck down. <laughs> oh, and I, and I am there for it. it it's uh, the, 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 the schadenfreude I got from all of this. <laughs> yeah, I am too. And it's so funny to once again hear people online and their opinions change so hard where when the Hickman era starts like, oh, you know, X-Men isn't relatable anymore because, you know, uh, it's not dramatic anymore because they can't die and this is bad storytelling and I don't like it. And then in this one where it's like, okay, we killed a bunch and we're keeping them dead and we're taking away their resurrection. Oh, I don't like this. This is mean yeah. and exploitative and everything. I'm like, what the fuck do you people want? Pick a goddamn lane. Yeah, the amount of people I've seen saying like, oh, you shouldn't like that these mutants are being killed. I was like, no, they've done horrible, horrible things the last couple of years. They deserve this. <laughs> again, this is, again, this is this is the chickens coming home to roost yeah again everything about the krakowin era has been about gray and grayer morality and this is also something they have set up time and time again they're like look if you guys want to give in to full-blown nationalism instead of just being superheroes know that eventually this shit will blow up in your face and this is the shit blowing up in their face yeah exactly this is this is everything Magneto said would happen. This is everything everyone said would happen is happening. And now everyone has to suffer for it for the arrogance and corruption of the Quiet Council and of Moira and of everyone else. Yes. This is this is how it all goes down. Uh, of course, too, they also start with the biz, big resurrection of Miss Marvel. They're setting that new series up. <laughs> and I love how <laughs> Jerry Duggar just like completely undercuts like the whole like, yep. death thing it was like oh none of that's going to matter because we'll just like rewrite your parents like memories and everyone's yeah. memories they'll never realize you died or anything and so it's yeah fuck that it's, <laughs> it's it's fine don't worry they won't even know you're dead i'll use my money and power it's cool yeah. also hey uh d- 10 weeks before you even died cerebro picked up that you were a mutant oh yeah you're a mutant in human hybrid did we fail to mention that because you are i i do like how kamala is doesn't really like that like no. at, fir- at first she's like i'm not gonna come out as an, a mutant and 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 i like the imme- the immediate moment she says that emma frost is like Ugh. 
Yeah, because yeah, in classic <laughs> Emma fashion, it's like, look, I didn't just resurrect you because it was the right thing to do and because it would placate Cyclops. I need a fucking win right yeah. now, Kamala. We're getting it on all sides from Orchis and their propaganda campaign. People like you, so the fact that I brought you back to life is going to make me look like a good hero because I can't, like, take yeah. over Mars it, again. I did it for the optics, okay? The, the, the social media post, you know? <laughs> yeah, because, again, even, like, Emma Frost is the best person in Krakoa right now because she's mm -hmm. fighting Beast and she's fighting like yep. you know Shaw and all the other evil players and everything. She's the best one and she's still, <laughs> still like bad. This. Yeah, <laughs> like like they're all bad it, is the thing because that's it, what it's the best. Does to it's you. the best like like way to view like like what X Men is at the moment. So it's like yeah, she's like Emma Frost. Emma Frost is is the best of the bunch at the moment. <laughs> like the what most does that tell you? Upstanding one. <laughs> what does that tell you? <laughs> Yeah, she's technically the best one. Yeah. The friggin' white queen of the Hellfire Club is the best one. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we get to see little segments from the party there. They pay off certain stories here and there, like Forge has like a new living city design to try mm -hmm. and end homelessness that he's doing. We're introduced to win Hickman's brand new character from Gods, and I think it's hilarious that Hickman started this new era of X-Men, and now this book is spinning off his brand new yes. character. yes. <laughs> And even Wynn is like, oh, you guys said you were the new gods, so you said you guys were the real hot shit and everything. Well, I'm not impressed because I work for the gods. <laughs> and again, he, he fucked off too before the shit hit the fan. Yeah, yeah. Mm, I wonder. I wonder. I wonder. <laughs> They're, uh, they're sure to set up Uncanny Avengers, too, because the Avengers have to leave the party because someone tried to murder Steve Rogers uh -huh. in D.C. And, like, it gets so bad that they have to end up actually activating, like, all the secondary Avengers, yeah, Rogue including Rogue. And, yeah, yeah, Rogue has to leave. <laughs> yeah, she's got an Avengers card. It's like, well, I've been reactivated. I didn't even know that could happen. <laughs> And which we find out later that was actually an Orchis ploy to make sure that all the Avengers and other heroes were away from the party when shit went down. Yeah, all the humans or big hitters, yeah. Which is very smart because they set that up in X-Men and Immortal X-Men where it's like, no, no, we have been planning this attack on Krakoa and the Gala for years, basically since Krakoa began. Yep. We were planning for this moment, building our war chest, finding out how to depower and defeat Omega-level mutants who were going to be our biggest problem. Mm-hmm. We were, we were on it. Also, how funny and sad is it? It's like, and here's our brand new X-Men team with Dazzler and Juggernaut and Prodigy and Cannibal, and they're dead. Yeah, literally in the next page, they get hit by a supersonic Nimrod who just obliterates them all. They get turned into Red Mist, and I'm like, you know what? That's fine. Nimrod needed to get his <laughs> win back after friggin' Mother Righteous pantsed him so hard. When I saw that happen, I'm like, oh, so that's why we didn't get a vote. <laughs> That's why I, th I think I think there actually someone said there was a vote actually, but it wouldn't have mattered anyway, which actually makes it funnier. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like oh, like oh, you get to pick the team, but you don't decide what happens to them next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You only get to pick the players. What what happens with them is our up to our riders, and they they're not going to be kind. <laughs> It's it's kind of funny too because it's like oh Juggernaut's on the team. This would actually be a pretty interesting like mix of characters, and yeah. they're dead. Yeah, and they they kind of also sort of build him uh, build Juggernaut up as well, where it's like he turns up with his little bow tie, and he's like, and and Jean's there, and she's like, oh, it's so good to see that you're 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 on a path of redemption. Maybe you should like mm -hmm. join the X Men, and he's like, cool, I'm gonna join the X Men, and then just immediately gets killed. 
Yep, that's that's how it happens. Also, how Gene is like, yep, me and Scott, we're finally stepping away from the X-Men because we need to fix our relationship. You know, we need to pass it off to the next generation. Oh, fuck, they're dead. Well, I guess I need to get back involved then <laughs> and lead everyone at the party. Step back up. Yeah, I know it was, it was a brilliant little part there where they like split Gene and Scott up where or, or mm. just like the, what the, the, they, they set off an alarm in the uh, the treehouse. Tree yeah, they, they, they get Scott over there on his own. <laughs> Which means he was only wearing his fancy getup for like two seconds. Yeah, and it was a it was a cool getup too. It was a very cool getup before he eventually has to leave. Uh, we we learned Ortis's big power play was just like, look, it's not just attacking your party, it's not just killing you, it's not just the brand new Stark Sentinels, which Duggan did a great job setting up in Iron Man. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Our big thing is you were so worried about your mutant resurrection protocols and whether or not Sinister tainted them. Well, where you were doing that we tainted your medicine, which we also saw in an earlier Mm X-Men issue. We've tainted it. So if we play like a little frequency, any human who took it is going to go blood nuts crazy and kill everyone. And they're going to blame you for it. So we basically have all of humanity hostage. And now you mutant kind get to decide what happens next. It's so cool because this is all stuff like Duggan and the other writers had set up throughout the issue. So you get like Nimrod attacks and then uh, Dr. Stasis and uh, Camera come through the portals and then fucking Modoc because Modoc was doing those experiments with the people yep. going crazy and everything and then Orchis the Orchis people come through and then fuck who else who is fucking everyone the Stark it, Sentinels is fucking everything literally everything they set up was involved everything was paid up uh, magic loses her power so she mm-hmm. can't teleport people fucking poor Bobby melts away into nothing that was that was pretty cool Man, for a character everyone likes so much, he got it really, really hard. It's funny, too, you mentioned a camera there, Omega Sentinel. She's like the true leader of Orchard. She's the true mm-hmm. power behind everything because she's from the future. Mm-hmm. I feel like the last several arcs of this story have kind of forgotten that. And she's yeah. kind of been pushed aside for Mother Righteous and even Stasis and like a bunch of characters that like Hickman didn't invent. And I'm like, we're going to go back to that, right? That like Omega Sentinel is the real leader of Orchard because I feel like that's been forgotten. Yeah, yeah. She was like really pushed, especially in the early Hickman years of the book, like as like the big big bad and like the the reason behind the soul but yeah then she got like pushed aside like as you said because mother righteous because that was also revealed that she's uh rebecca essex yeah the other essex clone yeah the other essex clone um and who who literally steals the island the island well steals most of the island i think there's a little island left because they were two islands that came together yeah she stole i think the krakoa side right the yeah. other one is still there but yeah she steals the whole fucking island and i'm like oh that's gonna be important i'm sure yeah so yeah they've essentially just taken the island from the x-men again yeah it's it's gone they're all homeless now yeah the mutants are homeless and xavier does basically exactly what magneto said he would do when push comes to shove he makes himself a martyr and uses his psychic powers to you know kowtow to Orchis's demands of getting all the mutants to leave Earth through portals. The only problem is, is they don't fucking know where those portals are going. Yeah, all we know is that the the portals are all directed off of Earth, and yeah, all the mutants have to go through them. And if they don't, this was a fucking brilliant little part. If they don't, uh, Stasis is going to kill one human, and then ten humans, and then a hundred because that's the powers of 10 the powers of yeah, x yeah. all comes back. yeah yeah they, they invoke powers of x and house of x because this is the yes. fall of the house of x isn't yes. it yes 
So they build it all up to that. They all try their hardest to fight. You know, Jean is able to stop everyone because she's so strong. But oh no, Moira stabbed her in the back with an Otherworld dagger. Oh yeah, we brought Otherworld back, everyone. Remember that in Ten of Swords when that was important? Yes, yes. <laughs> We worked that back up again. I, I, I actually think this is one of the best ways they've used Moira because she's like, look, I just I just want Xavier. I just want to piss on the ashes of his empire. Well, the empire we built together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, the empire we built together and then you pushed me out of because you were so paranoid that something might happen. Yeah. Well, I mean, technically, Doug pushed her out of it, if we want to be yeah, really honest. He, 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 he was actually being a good little lapdog, him and Magneto, listening to Moira every step of the way. It was really only Mystique and Doug that fucked with everything. And <laughs> Mystique gets it hard in this, too, because she's fighting with Destiny and, you know, you know, a lot of trouble in Paradise because of what happened in Immortal X-Men. Because she found out what Destiny did to keep the sinister timeline going. And Mystique tries to fight against Xavier's mental tampering because obviously she doesn't play that shit. And she ends up having a seizure and falling into the ocean. <laughs> But she's not dead though, because it's fucking mistake. Yeah, she'll 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 be saved by someone. She'll be saved by someone. She'll come back looking like someone else. No, no body, no death. It's fucking mistake. Mystique has been one of the most important central characters to this <laughs> since it began. <laughs> In fact, I think it would be very fitting if Mystique was actually the one to destroy Nimrod, because that was supposed to be her mission originally. Yeah. If she ends up coming back and around to do it anyway. Uh, also, don't worry, too, because all of your favorite X-Men are fine because uh, Xavier was sure to teach them to, uh, what is it, uh, repel psychic attacks in just a situation like this. Yeah, lucky, lucky. Yeah, lucky, which also means now that every mutant still on Earth who is fighting against uh, Ortrus's decree, you're all X-Men now. Mm. This also explains why Nightcrawler is putting on that Spider-Man costume in his new series because he's trying to hide his identity hide. from Orchis. Yeah. But, so, which seems like kind of weird, like, spider, like oh, he's going to be Spider-Man, but, like, it's going to be very clearly Kurt because, you know, yeah, he's got the tail and, you know, all that. And surely Orchis has ways of tracking mutants, like, not just by, like, visuals. Surely they'll be able to like scan the earth and be like, oh, there's a mutant in New York. Well, it's you got to catch him. This first. guy pretending to be Spider-Man. Well, you got to catch him first. That's the problem. <laughs> I mean, he's been able to live and hide this long just by teleporting. I think he's going to be OK. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> so we got that going. Oh, uh, Lordish Chantel teleports all the good mutants back away to the Hellfire Club basement in New York, which I guess is going to be their new staging ground now, which I thought was fun. I guess so. Yeah. Which is cool. And then she dies herself because, you know, she got injured in the attack. Also, Kingpin gets to hang out with them, too, even though it's implied that Typhoid Mary is dead now, too. Yeah, he can't, like, find her or anything. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I feel bad for Kingpin because it seemed like he was actually serious about just, like, living a normal-ass life. I do like uh, there's that part where uh, Sam Wilson is like, look, you know, like, we've had our disagreements, but, like, now you're allowing, like, people like Kingpin on the islands, you know, like, come on, come on, guys. You gotta the, draw a the, line somewhere. And the moon's like, yeah, it's fine, it's fine, fuck you. <laughs> I, I, again, mutant arrogance, mutant overreach, yeah. they didn't think about this, that's why yeah. it blows up in their face. Yeah. I do love the idea, though, of Kingpin getting so pissed at Orchis now for taking his wife away mm. from the, the, the ultimate wife guy, Wilson Fisk, yeah. that he will now be an ally of the mutants in burning down Orchis for what they did. Yeah, enemy of my enemy sort of thing. He's yeah. my friend. That, oh, that, Get, that'd be cool. That's going to be cool. Oh, 
that's going to be a thing. Kingpin's going to be like, and you will rule the day that you made an enemy of me, Wilson Fisk. I put it down. I wasn't going to be the Kingpin, but I'll become it once more. Yeah, or like the mutants help him become the Kingpin again, just to get like a little bit of power. Yeah, so they we can need combat orders. Yeah. Oh, oh. Yeah, oh. he gets a big moment of putting the white suit on and getting the cane again one last time. Oh, so good. I I, I swore it to her, I swore it to Mary that it was over, but I guess not. <laughs> when I was a boy, Dr. Stasis, and then he friggin' crushes his head yeah. in an SUV door. I gotta go kill my son now and take back the, the kingpin name. Oh yeah, is the fucking Rose still around? Oh yeah, no, or it's it's Butchie, yeah, Butch. Butchie became kingpin yeah. again. Yeah. Oh yeah, I guess they're gonna have to deal with that by the end of this uh, Daredevil book. Or actually, no, that seems like yeah. a solid and a mid thing to deal with. Yeah, they were actually, I think, friends when when they left things off because like Kingpin uh, Wilson let let uh, him become the Kingpin. Uh, just uh, like didn't he make him think he faked his death or something? Yeah, it was a whole complex well, like, thing. Like I'll they made it back. seem like Butch killed wilson or something yes, to take the yes. kingpin title or something yes that that was his gift to him being like look i was never there for you in your life but i can give you you know my throne yeah. you know i can build That's your it. legend tell them you killed me yeah uh kt there oh no these characters who died get to have miniseries and ask yeah that's another thing too they make a big point of being like oh they're dead they pass through the portals and they're dead yeah i don't fucking believe that for a second they're lost and they're gonna find them and it's gonna be a whole thing yeah I'm also really excited to the fact that X-Men are now, like, a bit more cosmic. It, 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 yes. It's implied that it's going to be a bit more cosmic now since they can't go back to Earth. Yeah, and Storm wasn't even at the party, right, because she's busy fighting, like, a civil she's, war. Yeah, she's on Araco. Well, when, like, what's going to happen on Araco? Are they going to all go to Araco? Yeah, if they're in the middle of, like, a fucking war with Genesis right now, an apocalypse, that's probably going to be a problem. You can't leave yeah. Earth and then step right into a fucking war I'd, zone. I'd fucking love if they went to the moon and, like, went to the blue the side of the moon and then, like, like, like teamed with the Inhumans and, like, Kamala was, like, their, like, connection. Liaison. Yeah. They could be. Because she's of both worlds and the human world. Because that's what, uh, what's her name say? Rasputin 4. That's true. Yeah, yeah. you're a big deal in the future. Yeah. Yeah, that, that Ms. Marvel book now becomes much more of a must-read, given what we yeah. know about this. Yeah. Yeah, because Kamala pulled the, I'm not a mutant card, I'm just a friendly inhuman, I can operate on Earth still. Yep, yep, that's me. <laughs> just good old inhuman Kamala, that's me. <laughs> Don't pay no attention to the mutants I am secretly harboring. <laughs> if that book ends up being her coming to terms with the fact that she is a mutant quote-unquote and like ends with her accepting uh her mutant side that'd be quite interesting it would be also she's got to hang out with uh luna at some point daughter of quicksilver mm -hmm. silver and crystal who is the only other inhuman mutant hybrid we know of to exist mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so i feel like that's something they're gonna have to talk about because when they were talking about this like oh you're a mutant inhuman hybrid this is like a brand new thing yes we know what's happened before yes we know there's precedent shut the fuck up about it <laughs> We're not talking about that right now. <laughs> we have other things going on. But uh, yeah. Oh, also too, uh, mutants can't use uh, can't use the gates anymore. Uh, yes. Modok locked them out of it. But Kate can because she couldn't use them before. But she's now the only oh, mutant who can use them. Yeah, I I love that how they like talk about like the gates and stuff because like oh yeah we use stuff with like horticulture. Remember horticulture? 
from like the first couple arcs. Yeah, gee, just bringing it all back together. Bring it all together. Also, with her last breath, uh, friggin' Jean Grey pulls off one a hell of a weird power play where it's like, okay, look, Firestar, I'm gonna use my mental powers to trick Dr. Stasis into thinking you were always a mole within the mutants because mutant kind didn't like you from the jump because they thought you were too loyal to the Avengers after mm-hmm. years of being an Avenger. You're basically the most important mutant now, and it's gonna be up to you to try and help our people from inside i completely forgot about that whole like oh you're too loyal to the avengers this other One superhero he- hero group uh, and, and and then like running with that and like, like see this is this more like mutant arrogance something the, the the avengers were never their enemy but like they saw them as that because they were human <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's it's a whole thing there. Yeah. I also, also like, what book am I going to have to read to read the Firestar stuff? Because that actually sounds really interesting. Yeah. With her being Orchis Serpico now, always know who your friends are, Firestar. Because, <laughs> yeah, you, you're going to be our secret sleeper agent. Also, funny, too, I don't know what Wolverine's been doing because I haven't been reading the Wolverine book. I love he showed up late and in costume to find Gene dead, and it's implied that he killed, like, 100 people. Yeah, yeah, he went fucking insane. He went Berserker Barrage, and I'm like, okay, maybe I need to start reading the fucking Wolverine book again. Because <laughs> if that's going to be Logan's new thing, I'm just killing motherfuckers every day now. <laughs> How many Orchis installations can I kill? Let's see. <laughs> it's like that Archer bit. Revenge! <laughs> uh, revenge, just all day, every day. Um... But yeah, no, it's a it, great book, and yeah, it it ends with was it uh Charles is left on like some fucking is he left on Krakoa or like an island somewhere alone? That the island off the coast because Rogue saves him and fucking yeah. blows up Moira, which I love. Yeah, she yeah he rips her in half and then, and then like dashes off with uh with uh charles xavier so i think that's finally the end of moira and i can't think of a more fitting end her thinking she got one over on xavier only to get blown up in robot form yeah so i guess that's officially all of her lives gone now i i guess so yeah because she was moira x moira 10 (laughs) yeah it it also ties in beautifully with again another thing from immortal x-men where destiny comes to rogue and it's like look you're my daughter you're gonna be really important for the future but you can't tell the council why because Mm -hmm. if you do it might ruin the future and now we know why yep (laughs) because she was gonna kill moira and save xavier yeah so good Yeah, again, you know, people can complain about this. You know, like I I will admit, it is a lot to take in. This book was like oh, reading. Yeah. This book was a marathon. So but it's much. the most but it's the most important X-Men book they've come out with in years. And if you want to know what's happening in the rest of the X-Men books, you, you got to read it. Yeah, you have like th- this is like a must, must read. Yes. And again, if you're worried about like, oh, they killed my favorite character. They did that. They did this. It's not going to last forever because everything comes back around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Enjoy, enjoy the nihilism enjoy the darkness what what do you think now like like we've had the krakoa era what do you like what do you think's gonna happen next so we've had a uh, dawn of x destiny of x fall of x i guess uh rebirth of x exodus of x <laughs> yeah like they they need to sort of restart them at some point but obviously they can't come back to earth or anything so are they just gonna are they just are they all gonna be star jammers now they're all gonna be star jammers and friggin scott's dad's like hey you're ripping me off (laughs) i did it before it was cool (laughs) 
No, I mean, again, they're going to f- figure it all out by the time the new movie comes out, and then they're all going to be living in the fucking mansion again is in what the they're going to be again. doing. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I assume that's where it's headed, that it's just going to be something, something's going to happen, and the X-Men are going to be back to, like, classic X-Men. Yeah, the, the chat is saying their Rise of X. Yeah, that's pretty obvious because you fall to rise again. Planet X, that would be hilarious because that's what people were saying in the Fox era. Oh, they're going to make the X-Men go to space and give them their own planet. Mm-hmm. That'd be fucking funny if they eventually just ended up doing it anyway. Yeah, and I mean, they kind of already have their own planet as well with Arako. It's called Arako. They yeah. have a planet. Yeah. <laughs> mansion of x yeah that's funny too it's just yeah just mansion of x we're just back in the mansion again just subletting (laughs) yeah yeah galaxy of x yeah but i'm i'm really intrigued to see like what where they go from here in space and and how do like the mutants that that are like nightcrawler and i assume wolverine is still going to be on earth how do they get around the fact that stasis was going to like start killing the second he sees the them. second he sees or hears that like there's a mutant there because let's be honest wolverine isn't exactly subtle no well that sounds like you gotta read the next couple books to find <laughs> out don't you don't you want to read all the new x-men books to see how it ties in i actually i kind of do. do yeah <laughs> then i guess they did their job didn't they <laughs> And actually, hey, let's talk about that because, hey, I got the books coming out this week in front of us, and one of them is X-Men 25. Oh, God, I have, I, I, I think I, I'm meant to be catching up. Like, I've read all of the books so far up to it, so I'm, I'd, fuck it, I'm just going to jump in straight here. Yeah, you, you can. If you read Hellfire Gala, you're good yeah. because everything that happened in those last couple issues is explained in the gala. Yeah, the main thing I really wanted to catch up on in that in that in those X Men books was like the 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 sync uh, X twenty three relationship, which yeah. I did, and it was great. It was fantastic. It is, <laughs> and I love that in the team that was supposed to happen, they were going to be holding yeah. down yeah. the uh, the yeah. X Men team. I'm like, oh, that's so sweet because it's their story. Now they're involved. Oh, nope. Oh, they're dead. <laughs> Okay, here you go. So I got X-Men 25 in front of me. Here's uh, here's the tagline. The Fall. She's been known as Kitty, Sprite, Ariel, Red Queen, and Captain Kate. Now as a new X-Men team finds their way through their darkest hour, Shadowcat emerges. So oh, she's back nice. to being... She's back to being Shadowcat, and she's dressed like a ninja, and she's stealth killing a bunch of Orchis guys. So that's how they get around it. Don't get seen. You're a stealth team now. <laughs> Which is actually fucking perfect for Kitty to be leading a stealth X-Men team because, like, you can't catch me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't see me, you can't catch me, yeah. I'm everywhere and nowhere. Uh, The Amazing Spider-Man Annual Number 1, which looks to be about Hollow's Eve, so you can kiss my whole sack on that one. Nope. She's getting a (laughs) Halloween special to Hallow's Eve, and I'm like, why do you get two? Why do you get two? (laughs) That's great. That's great. (laughs) I hate all that. Moon Knight 26, I guess we're killing Moon Knight, too. That's a new thing that's happening. Oh, okay. Uh, He'll also be back soon. (laughs) Fantastic Four 10, Scarlet Witch 7, Justice Society of America number 5. Oh, yeah, remember Justice Society, man? I was just thinking about that because I've just caught up on it. So I'm like, when's issue 5 coming out? That's been a while since issue (laughs) 4. We got Adventures of Superman, John Kent, number 6, the big finale. And on the cover, it's him fighting uh, Injustice Superman. Yeah, I saw a a preview of that. He actually, it's it's so cool because he doesn't, it looks like he's not actually going to be fighting them because he ends up talking down the Flash. And being like, don't don't side with this guy. He's a fucking psychopath. And Flash is like, yeah, "Yeah, okay, okay. 
I really wonder how they're going to solve that story. He's going to talk them all down. That's that's what John does. I guess, I guess so. I guess that's the only way it can end. Yeah. Uh, more night terrors. Joker two. Poison Ivy two. No, thank you. Oh, so it's it's the the conclusions of a bunch of the tie-ins. Of yes. At least five of the tie-ins. Yes, we're also getting Death of Venomverse number one. More of the Summer of Symbiotes. This is Cullen Bun. We've got big evil looking King Carnage here. I guess I guess he finally became a god out in space. I guess he finally got his god powers and now he's going throughout the multiverse killing venoms. <laughs> the 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 venoms that we set up in the Venomverse book. <laughs> uh Peacemaker Tryhard 4. I actually haven't read Peacemaker and I feel like I probably should have. Yeah, I haven't read that series either. Maybe I'll catch up. We also have a Magneto book and an Astonishing Iceman book starting the same week, too. But obviously it can't actually be based now because they're dead, yeah. right? Is Magneto still dead? Because I know he took away his... I'm, like, behind on X-Men already. He took, like, his 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 memory thing out of, like, the Krakoan rebirth thing. Him and Storm both did. Yeah, and, as far as I know. Yeah, and Bob... Bobby's fucking dead. So. Oh, okay. Wait, anyway, listen to this. The Omega Level Mutant, like you've never seen him before. After the events of this year's Can't Miss Hellfire Gala, Bobby Drake Iceman sets his sights on heroic deeds like never before. But as a new situation develops that links Iceman to his uh, Antarctic Ice Palace, he'll never be slicker and never more accomplished before Orchis knows what hit him. So he fucking I, dies. Uh, we we I, saw him literally like turn into like a skeleton and melt. Turn into a puddle. Well, I guess we gotta fucking read the book then to figure <laughs> out how that worked. Because <laughs> or just like like they affected him with something, didn't they? They they, they like did, like when when he attacked, what's his name? He got infected with something that like started melting him and like literally like turned him into like a skeleton. Okay, this Magneto book is definitely set in the past, so oh, okay. there we go. Uh, yeah, I uh, don't care about that. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it actually looks like they got a, like, who do they got writing this one? They got, uh, it's J.M. DeMathis writing it, so it'll actually probably be pretty good. Ooh, interesting. But again, there's, but there's, like, so much happening in X-Men now, it's like, do we really need to go back in time? <laughs> yeah, yeah, with Magneto, no less. <laughs> Yeah, we got Steelworks 3, What If Dark Venom number 1, we got oh, more Gargoyles. Oh, I forgot about that, that What If Dark. That just came and went, didn't it? Sure did. Strange Academy, Miles Morales. Miles Morales is going off to the Strange Academy. Warlock Rebirth 5. Yeah, I remember there was a Warlock book happening. Oh, yeah. There is. Oh, hey, uh, Conan the Barbarian, number one from Titan Books and our buddy Jim Zub. That actually looks cool as fuck. Oh, cool. Yeah, if you pick up an indie book this week, pick up that one and tell them Cape Joel and Matt and the Comic Multiverse sent you. Yeah. Because that actually sounds like it might be pretty dope because I know he wrote really good Conan stories when Marvel had it and they liked him so much. They're like, hey, do you want to keep writing Conan? Mm-hmm. So it actually seems like a pretty mellow week this week, and good. I need a mellow week. Yeah, yeah. after this week, Jesus. Uh, Jace Jensen with the comment of the night saying he pulled a Sub-Zero and just made an ice clone of himself, Bobby. That's how he survived. Yeah, that'll, that'll be the... Like, he didn't... He wasn't actually there at the gala. He sent one of his, like, ice, ice clones. clones. He's really in his Fortress of Solitude or whatever the fuck, Antarctic Palace, ice. which I didn't even know he had. 
I didn't know either. This is Steve Orlando writing this, who I think wrote Ooh. the last like several Iceman stories. Ooh. So it might be a holdover from that or his champions or one of the other times he wrote Iceman. Yeah. Ooh, that's interesting. I like Steve Orlando. As do I. Yeah, again, I think you nailed it, Jace. I think this is like, you know, Bobby is such a powerful Omega mutant now, he can actually leave his physical form and just reconstitute himself out of ice now. Yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> that makes sense. He's, he's he's just a god elemental, because that's the thing yeah. with Iceman. They've joked about that time and time again. You're so powerful, but you're so stupid, you don't even know how to use the <laughs> yeah. full brunt of your power. Yeah, the world is, what, like, 80% water, You're like, and you can freeze that, like, manipulate it, it's like, and you, you're you just this guy. Yeah, uh, imagine if you could do more than just freeze it. You can literally manipulate all yeah. moisture in the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which, honestly, that's my favorite character archetype, guy who's, like, god-level powerful but too stupid to yeah, understand the depth of his abilities. Just a fucking himbo, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The ultimate himbo, Bobby Drake Iceman. <laughs> I can do what? <laughs> that's why I love Absorbing Man, too. I can copy anything, but I have to touch it, though, because I don't remember what stuff feels like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you could make yourself plutonium or platinum or anything. You could make yourself elements that don't even exist yet. Yeah. But, you know, I just can't. Yeah. I, I just like this form more. <laughs> yeah. You are, you are a living philosopher stone. <laughs> yeah, I know. But stuff's hard. I was a boxer. I got punched in the head a lot. <laughs> I'm a little punchy. <laughs> <laughs> So that'll just about do it for the show this week, everyone. Thank you so much for watching and listening. I'm glad we got a full show off the back of this. I was worried because, like I said, Matt and I only read a couple books this week. A full show plus, you know, two hours. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, the books we read were fucking massive. So there they you were. go. You can't you can't say that you didn't get your money's worth this week. Also, be sure to check out Dogpile and our sponsor for the show this week, Omari Malik. And yeah, I guess that'll just about do it for us, yeah? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Again, if you're a patron, you'll get to hear the show back before anyone in both video and audio form. For everyone else, I try and drop it Wednesday, uh, Wednesday morning. So, you know, on new new comic book day or I guess new comic book day part two, because Wednesday hasn't been new comic book day in a while because now it's split between Tuesday and Wednesday. Two days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Remember when new comic book day used to just be one day mad, but then yeah. COVID came around yeah. and completely changed that back before the COVID. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And before, you know, uh, DC leaving uh, Diamond, now our new comic book day is split. Yeah. Which if this wasn't my job and I didn't buy digital, I'm sure it wouldn't affect me. I'm sure I would have just gone to the store on Wednesday and got my books anyway. Yeah, yeah just go one day. Don't go two days. Yeah, don't go two days. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for watching and listening. And that'll be the show for us. Bye-bye. Catch you later.